Welcome to another episode of the Father Ted Talk, broadcast here at the National Shrine of St. Elizabeth Ann Seton in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Now here's Father Ted. As Catholics, we're very into mercy. No matter where you look in the Catholic Church, you're going to find some kind of reference or sign of mercy. Just a couple of years back, we had a whole year dedicated to mercy. And we had these doors of mercy all over the place. Divine, uh, the devotion to divine mercy is one of the most widespread in the entire church. The popes continue to urge us to participate in the sacrament of mercy on a monthly basis. God revealed to us in scripture that his essence is in a sense identified with mercy. In theology we learn that everything God does for us is somehow an act of mercy. And this is something really good. You know, we're, we need mercy. It's, so it's important that we talk about mercy. We want to receive it. But there's a catch that comes up in today's gospel. If we're going to get mercy, we've got to give mercy. If we're going to be forgiven, we have to forgive our neighbor. We have to be merciful with others if we want God to be merciful with us. And that's not always very easy. Because we're also, as human beings, very into anger. That's something which, no matter who you are, there's this natural disposition to give back to somebody else what they have given to you. So if they hurt you, you want to hurt them back. And because we are surrounded with imperfect individuals, we are always being hurt in one way or another. And so the temptation is to pay back what they have given to me in the same way. We want to take revenge. We have grudges. We bear, we are resentful towards those who have hurt us. Sometimes it's individual kind of resentment. Something perhaps in a, within a family. Many parents are distraught because of the, the infighting of their children. They don't talk to each other. It could also be between spouses. For decades they lived together, but there's always that animosity between them. They have not forgiven something which occurred long ago. Maybe between children and their parents, where the children, rightly or wrongly, have the conception that their parents have done them wrong, have hurt them, have been deficient in some way. And they hold on to that. Individuals can be holding on to grudges. But even society, whole countries, cultures can be holding on to grudges. Like you ask some of the Irishmen what they think about the English, and you're probably not going to get a whole lot of praise of the English nation. Or there's this one American bishop who brought up this case of um, when Pope John Paul II visited Greece back around the year 2000, he was not very well received by, enough, by certain sectors of the Greek populace. And when these individuals were asked you know, why they were not excited to receive the Roman pontiff, they responded by saying, in the year 1204, the Crusades sacked Constantinople, which was part of Greece back then. Like, really, that's what the reason for some of these people was. Like, they were not happy with the Roman pontiff, the Holy Father, because of what the Crusaders did 800 years ago. That doesn't mean the Crusaders did the right thing, but it was 800 years ago, and they were still holding on to it. And we can all probably call to mind individuals or groups that have hurt us. Sometimes it's something small, like we were cut off in traffic, somebody didn't hold the elevator door for us, somebody was late to a meeting. Other times it can be a little bit deeper, much deeper. It can be spouses that are unfaithful. 
You could have a business partner that stabs you in the back, that betrays you. You could have a parent that abandons you. I don't think that there's going to be much difficulty here for us calling to mind somebody that has hurt us. Maybe in a serious way. And these are precisely the people we need to forgive. We need to forgive. First of all, our Lord commanded. In today's gospel, he literally said, forgive 70 times 7 times. Like limitlessly, 490. But don't start counting. But also, our own being forgiven depends upon it. Over and over again, this comes up in scripture. Like in the Sermon on the Mount, our Lord tells us, if you do not forgive others, then neither will your heavenly Father forgive you. Christ said that the merciful, blessed are the merciful, because they will obtain mercy, implying that if you're not merciful, something else is going to happen to you. St. James said, or explained the consequences of unforgiveness when he wrote that judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. That's a horrifying thought. Think of your final judgment before God Almighty. Imagine God not being merciful to you because you were not merciful to somebody else. But like all good leaders, Christ is telling us to do nothing more than what he himself did. Paul told the Ephesians, forgive each other as Christ has forgiven you. And how has he forgiven us? He's forgiven us for an infinite offense that we committed against him. Like this famous Christian saying has, Christ paid a debt on the cross he didn't owe because we owed a debt we couldn't pay. Today's gospel illustrates that. That's, it's a gospel that we're all probably very familiar with, this gospel of the steward who owed his master. It says a huge amount in today's English translation, but literally the Greek says 10,000 denarii, or a myriad of denarii. Sorry, a myriad of talents. 10,000 talents. And one single talent is 16,000, or sorry, 6,000 denarii. So we're talking about one servant who was forgiven 10,000 talent debt, and he refused to forgive somebody else's 100 denarii debt. Just like, if, if we understand what a, what a talent and a denarii is, this is going to be mind-boggling. If somebody were to work every single day, eight hours a day, it would take them 16 years to gather together a single talent. So in order to pay off the debt, this steward had to, had to be promising his master, I will work for 160,000 years and I will pay back the debt. That's what it would have taken to pay back that debt. And the other guy who owed him 100 denarii, that would have taken 100 days to pay back. But he refused. There's this one biblical scholar who, put, who translated, who, um, who communicated this currency into modern um, figures. He said, he put it into in the, um, the denomination of dimes. Like, if you wanted to pay in a, a 100 denarii debt in dimes, you would need enough dimes to probably fill your pocket. If you tried to pay off, pay off a 10,000 talent debt with dimes, you would need an army of 8,600 men, each of which carrying a 60-pound sack of dimes. And if you were to put them all in a single line, with a yard distance between each of them, there would be a five-mile-long column of men carrying 60-pound sacks of dimes to pay off this 10,000-talent debt. And then you've got this one other guy who has his pockets full of dimes. 
That is what we have been forgiven. We've been forgiven something just astronomical. There is no mortal sin that we can receive or deserve forgiveness for. And it was given because it was asked. The servant simply said, forgive me, give me time and I will pay you back. And the master forgave the whole thing straight away. I mean, the lesson is fairly straightforward. Just like the steward was forgiven this infinite debt by the master, so too God forgives us the infinite debt of sin. And now we need to be forgiving of each other those offenses which are committed against us. But there's another reason, actually there's a few other reasons, why you forgive. This is something I was thinking about taking out because it might make the homily a little bit long, but it's, it's something really interesting. Like the consequences of holding on to resentment from like these different dimensions. Like what are the consequences if you choose not to forgive? You've got psychological consequences such as obsession over the harm received and the person who harmed you. You've also got social consequences of holding on to grudges. The person becomes isolated, they could even lose their job, their family life is disrupted. You've got physiological consequences, consequences in your body when you hold on to grudges, such as anger control issues or addictions because you're hanging on to grudges. Intellectual consequences. It distorts your view of reality. It distorts your view of God. It distorts your view of your neighbor. And finally, spiritual consequences. The spiritual consequences of holding on to resentment. Your heart is hardened. It makes us like the devil, because the devil never forgives anything. And it's a capital vice that leads to many other sins. Now, somebody who didn't suffer any of these consequences was the family of, was the Goretti family in Italy. We know the story of the martyr of purity, probably, where in the year 1902, 11-year-old Maria Goretti was approached by Alessandro, a 14-year-old or 16-year-old boy in the village, and she refused his impure advances, and so he stabbed her 14 times. And as she lay dying in the hospital later that day, the chaplain asked her whether she forgave Alessandro. And she said, yes, I forgive him, and I want him to be in heaven with me. But it doesn't end there. She died, she went to heaven, she prayed for him, he converted in prison. In the year 1938, so 36 years later, a man knocks at the rectory door and Assunta Goretti, the mother of Maria Goretti, answers the door and there's a 50-year-old man standing there and he asks her, do you remember me? And she says, yes, Alessandro, I remember you. And he asked her, do you forgive me? And she said, if God has forgiven you, and Maria has forgiven you, how can I not forgive you? And this was on Christmas Eve. They had Christmas dinner together. They went to the Christmas sunrise mass the next day and they received communion kneeling side by side. And 12 years later in 1950, they both were sitting side by side in St. Peter's Square as Maria Goretti was canonized. That is forgiveness. And it's challenging something which we struggle with. 
But let us call to mind the ultimate example of forgiveness. Why do we have a crucifix in every single church? Many reasons, but one of which, to remember how we ought to forgive our neighbors. Because our Lord was not sitting on that cross cursing those who hurt him, planning or plotting revenge, imagining how he could get back. As the Roman soldiers were driving nails into his arms, he cried out, not in pain, he cried out in mercy. Father, forgive them because they do not know what they are doing. And he wasn't just talking to these Roman executioners who knew exactly that they were crucifying him. He was talking to us, whose sins put him on that cross in a way. He was talking to us who who were responsible, because we, every time we sin, we're not quite aware of what our sins have done. We don't think about this when we sin, usually. And so he says to us, Father, forgive them because they do not know what their sins are doing to me. And he's asking us today to make those words our own. Father, forgive them who have hurt me. Forgive them who have damaged me. Forgive those who have betrayed me. Forgive those who have been unfaithful to me. Forgive them. Because they do not know what they did to me and they do not know what they did to you. Let us ask today that this reception of the Holy Eucharist, this gift of Christ's body and blood, that was given and shed for us that was so that our sins might be forgiven. May this Eucharist strengthen us to forgive those who have hurt us. May Our Lady, the refuge of sinners, the Mother of Mercy, pray for us and teach us to forgive our offenders as she forgave her son's executioners.